What's up guys, let's talk about these mistakes that I made as a young photographer. In this photography game, we all started from the same place as a beginner, whether you went to school for it or you started out learning on YouTube and Google like I did. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? At one point or another, I think we're all guilty of making these mistakes. The point of this is to learn from these mistakes and not make them anymore. Hopefully a couple of these mistakes I'll mention, you'll realize that you're about to make or have made and you can correct them before they become a problem. So let's jump right in. Mistake number one, not charging enough. When I first got into this game, it was just for fun. I was taking photos of my family. My son was just born. And for me, it was just a hobby. But then some family members approached me and asked me if I would take their photos. Sure, why not? I would love to. They asked me what I charge. And of course, I looked at them like deer in headlights. I had no clue what to charge. What do I charge for me just pointing a camera at somebody and taking a few pictures and then handing them some edits? See, back then I didn't realize what my time was worth. I was just happy to get paid. Maybe I could put that money towards a new piece of gear. Maybe that could go towards a date night for my wife and I. Maybe we could just have fun money, who knows? You see, I think we all start from that point of taking pictures of our family members and our friends, and then eventually it starts growing because their friends, their family start seeing the images that you're putting out there. And then they start coming to you for those type of photos. So I remember my very first paid shoot. I charged $75 for the shoot, but I think we all start there at some point in our career. So really, you need to find out what your time is worth and where your skill set lies so that you can charge appropriately. See, most people that are uneducated about this think, oh, you're just pointing a camera and then delivering some files. It takes you 10 minutes to do. I can't tell you the number of times that I've heard, I only need two photos. See, what they don't understand is this is my product that I'm putting out there for them to use. I want it to be the best that it can be. So I'm gonna take my time on it and make sure it's perfect. So that one or two photos that they may need may take an hour to get those perfect one or two photos. So now you have to go home and go to your editing and then edit those photos. Say it takes you 10 minutes per photo to go through edit, retouch, make sure it's just the way that you want it. So those two photos that your client asked you to take now take you three hours of your time. You need to make sure that you know what your time is worth. You see, it's not just the time behind the camera that you're charging for. It's that plus the time it took you to edit, the time it took you to drive to the location, the time it took you to deliver the photos. That's not all. The time that it took you to learn how to take those photos, all of the gear that you brought to that shoot, it all costs money. The insurance that you have to have, the tax that you have to take out, you should have insurance on your gear. You should have insurance when you go to a shoot. Most wedding venues now require at least a million dollars coverage. So tip number two, saying yes to too much, basically putting too much on your plate and or saying yes to the customer too much. The word no is a very, very powerful word. When the client asks, 
hey, can I have the raw photos? The automatic answer out of your mouth should be, no. You don't go to a fine restaurant, pay the waiter, and then they bring you out all of the raw materials for you to make that meal. You go to that restaurant because they make that meal exactly how you want it. The same way that you go to that photographer because they have a specific look that you're going for. Now customers can go ahead and take that raw file that you just gave them away for free and do whatever they want with it. They can change the metadata on it so that your copyright is completely out the window. They go and go ahead and mess with it and make it look like an Instagram photo with dog ears and a tongue hanging out and then post it tagging you in the photo. So never give out the raw photos. So tagging back our first point, but still staying with the saying yes to too much is driving too far without charging for it. I live in Houston. It's an hour in any direction and you're still in Houston. So if a client wants me to shoot on the south side of Houston, that's an hour of my time just getting to the location. That's an hour back. That's a lot of gas. So you need to charge for that as well and quit saying yes to it just because you're hungry for the gig. Tip number three, not having a contract. This one can end you. I am dead serious about this. Every photo shoot that you go on, you need to have some sort of written contract in both parties, yourself and your clients signing it. That way there's no misunderstandings on what you're delivering versus what they're getting. I have a contract for events. I have a separate contract for family photos. I have a separate contract for video work. I have a separate contract just for weddings, all promising different things. And each one can vary from wedding to wedding or family to family or event to event. This way you're covered in the event of a miscommunication or a misunderstanding between you and your client always revert back to your contract and stick to it. Tip number four, buying gear just for the sake of buying gear. Say you just landed a wedding and you have $2,000 in your pocket and it's burning a hole. What do you do? You go out there and buy the latest piece of gear, the latest camera, the latest lens, the latest flash, whatever it is. Before you do that, you need to understand what you have Find that piece of gear's limitations before you go out and buy a new piece of gear. The kit lens that you have may be suitable for exactly your needs right now, and you may not need to spend the other $600 on a brand new lens. You have to understand the separation between need and want. Does everybody want new gear? Yes, I want new gear. I would love new gear. Do I need it? No, I don't. What I have fits exactly what I need it to do. This lens right here suits a very specific purpose. And I know its limitations, I know what it can do, I know what it can't do. This lens, I know exactly what it can do and what it can't do. It has a very specific purpose. That 70 to 200 can't do what this 51.2 can do. And I use this lens for a very specific purpose. When I was just getting into this game, I spent a ton of money on things that I honestly did not need. For instance, this. It's a cell phone holder that holds a cell phone on top of a camera. Never used it. Leaf filter, graduated filters. Never needed them. A lens ball for whatever reason. DJI Osmo Pocket. I've used it maybe once. The point is, 
If you have a specific need for a specific piece of gear, then go out and buy it. Don't just buy it because you think having all the gear in the world makes you a better photographer. Remember, it's not about the gear, it's the 12 inches behind the camera that counts. Now this last tip is something that I haven't done personally, but I've seen a lot of photographers do this, and it's they stop learning. This craft is ever evolving and so should you. There's always new techniques out there, there's new ways to edit, there's new genres to jump into, there's new techniques that you can try, Never stop learning. This is why I am creating this YouTube channel because I love teaching this craft and I love learning all of this gear and learning all of these techniques so that I can share it with you. So here's a bonus tip for all of you new wedding photographers out there. Never get in contract with the mother of the bride, the father of the bride or groom. Always get in contract with the bride and the groom. You see, Getting in contract with somebody other than them can cause a conflict of interest and it puts you in a really bad spot when the bride wants something one way but the mother of the bride wants something the other way because by golly, she paid for it. In the future, you can protect yourself and also save a lot of grief if you never get in contract with somebody other than the bride and the groom. So I hope you learned something good out of this video and something that you can take away and implement in your own photography business. If you like my content and you want to see more, hit that notification bell, hit that subscribe button, hit that thumbs up button, and I'll see you next time.